You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. This morning, I want to share with us the Word of God. Last week, we started talking about the, the soul that overcomes. Yes? And um, we're just going to continue in that vein this morning. But I want to title this Overcoming Lethal Emotions. It's, it's also an aspect. It's part of the soul that overcomes. But you need to understand that there are some lethal emotions that we need to overcome. Hallelujah. Because, listen, overcoming, it has to be all round. You cannot just, you cannot win and then lose on other fronts. Do you understand? It has to be 100% victory, 100% of the time. Don't come and tell me you win some, you lose some. I'm not losing nothing. I don't know about you. If you want to lose some, you can lose some. As for me, I'm losing nothing. I'm an overcomer. I was conceived an overcomer. And I will overcome in every area. Spirit, soul, and body. I'm an overcomer. Wherever I go, I overcome. I believe in overcoming. Because I am one. I don't know about you. I'm talking about myself. It's up to you what you want to believe about yourself. Believe what you want to believe. But as for me and my house, we are overcomers. We overcome. So I don't want to ignore the realm of the soul because I discovered, I discovered that the enemy has actually had more victory in many people's lives through the soul. Through the soul. And as we were worshiping, the Holy Spirit said to me, check the, uh, the works of the flesh and see how many of them are connected to the soul. And I was actually surprised when I looked. Yes? Before we go there, let's take our text. Let's go to our text. Uh, Third John. Hmm? Third John verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Okay? I pray. This is John the apostle, the beloved apostle, the one who calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. <laughs> I like that. He always talks about himself as the one, the apostle that Jesus loved, or the disciple that Jesus loved. Hmm? So if you want to talk about love, one of the things you notice about the writings of John is that you see a lot of love, love, love in his writings. He always talks about love. Greater commandment has no man. Huh? Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for a friend. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Huh? Yes? Love, love. You read the epistles of John. Love, 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 love. This guy is a love apostle. Hmm? 
love apostles. So if you want to talk about love, this guy understands it very well. And let me tell you something. If you are going to overcome in the realm of the soul, you need to master love. You need to master love. Walking in love. Learn to love your enemies. Learn to love people that hate you. It takes an overcomer's complex for you to love someone who is trying to kill you. Yeah. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But, hey, Jesus changed that. He changed that. We don't go around killing people. Okay? We don't pray for people to die. <laughs> yes? If you stand in my way, it's dangerous. I won't pray for you to die. But if my angel takes you out, you have yourself to blame. Okay? In case you don't know, God also kills. Yeah, he says, he says, I kill and I make a life. He's not a murderer. He's a killer. It's a big difference. Yeah. A killer. Yes. A loving God kills. Yes? Imagine that. He love. He's he is love personified. And love kills. So when he says love your enemies, you don't know why he says that. You cannot handle. You cannot handle. There's, there's an aspect of your emotions you cannot handle without love. So you need love to handle and deal with certain things. So that you don't lose. Because love never fails. Do you understand me? Love never fails. So when you walk in love, you are walking in God. So when you, when you, when you allow toxic and lethal, in fact, lethal, not just toxic, it's lethal. If you allow lethal emotions, They are going to take you to where you don't want to get to. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the scripture. <laughs> now see that I, even I, am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill, and I make alive. I wound, and I heal. That's God talking. Is it? Is it can you see it? Deuteronomy 32, 39. Nor is there any who can deliver from my hand. If God grabs you, nobody can take you out. Are you following? That's God. So, I don't know about you. I don't want to be in his bad books. I want to be on his side. And I thank God for Jesus that has made it possible for me to be in his good books. And because of that, I want you to know that God 
has already made you an overcomer. He wants you to remain on his side. Don't go to the other side. Remain on his side. And he is telling us how to remain on his side. That's what this message is about. So you need to overcome lethal emotions. But let's, let's, let's look at um, Galatians chapter 5. Verse, sorry, yeah, chapter 5, verse 19. Galatians 5, 19. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. That means the list goes on and on. Pastor, where does the Bible say uh, we shouldn't smoke? And the like. Make you smell like hell. Yes. Because everything that they, the doctors, <laughs> I don't know, I just remember the years when doctors used to advertise cigarettes. Yeah, long time. Don't worry, it's not now. <laughs> yeah. But now they will tell you it's not good for you. It kills you quickly. Hmm? Yeah, and the like. All right? So if you go, if you look at the works of the flesh, from verse 19. Maybe we should read it in another version. Let's see. What version should we read? Um, let's write Amplify. Amplify amplifies things. <laughs> yes. It says, Now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear. Now when the Bible talks about flesh, what he's talking about is your sinful nature. All right? I told you that your soul, it comprises of your, your emotions, your mind, and your what? Your will. So, but your flesh comprises of your sinful nature. And what your flesh uses is your senses. Your flesh uses your five physical senses. And what are your senses? Come on, talk to me. Smell, yes. Sight, yes. Taste, hearing. Touch, yeah. So those are your five senses. Your flesh needs the five senses. Needs the five senses. Okay? So, when you, when, when, as you begin to look at the works of the flesh, you find that the works of the flesh actually require your five senses. Okay? Let's look at it. It says, they are obvious. Number one, immorality. 
Now, can you commit immorality without touch? I'm talking physical now. You can't. You need need to touch, right? Interesting. And impurity. Now, impurity, this is not talking about physical hygiene. (laughs) Although physical hygiene, somebody once said that cleanliness is next to godliness. I haven't found the scripture, but heaven is clean. (laughs) (laughs) So it's good to keep gems away from you. All right? Okay? So impurity here has to do with your imagination. It has to do with your thoughts. It's in the soul. It's in the soul. And Jesus even upgraded certain things. For example, immorality, Jesus now made it clear to us that it can also happen in the soul. Correct? If you look at a woman lustfully, he says, you have already committed the act where you didn't touch physically, you touched emotionally. Interesting. Indecency. What is that? Hmm? Let's read that in the NIV. We'll come back. Read that in the NIV. Debauchery. Huh? That helps you, right? It makes it clear. <laughs> Okay, reading the good news. Sometimes the good news is bad news, but <laughs> let's, let's, let's read the good news. Huh? Look at it. You don't have good news? Ah, okay. NLT, NLT, NLT. Huh? New Living Translation. Come on. You see that? Lustful pleasures. Hmm? Lustful pleasures. So, when you don't deal with your senses and bring them under subjection to the Word of God, when you don't deal with your desire, when you don't discipline them, they will take you to where you don't want to get to. So a lot of times, the enemy defeats us from this realm. He starts from there. That's why we need to grow up to the point where we are able to take total control. And you want to be an overcomer all round. Hello? Yeah. You want to overcome all round. Let's read the next verse. Verse 20. 
idolatry. Hmm? You know what idolatry is. Some people think idolatry is when you put a statue and then you're bowing to it. No. That is idolatry in the crude sense. But there's idolatry in the modern, there's modern day idolatry. Yeah. Modern day idolatry. You don't need any physical object. You just need to see something and you need to put it in a place where it doesn't belong in your life. Years ago, the Lord began to speak to me about idolatry. Dethroning every idol in my heart. Anything that has taken the place of God in your heart is an idol. Anything. doesn't matter. Huh? It's good to love your family, but make sure your family is not an idol. Hello? Yeah, make sure your family is not an idol. There are some people whose idols are money. Some is wife. Some is husband. Some is child. Some is career. Huh? Yes? The list is endless. It's endless. Nothing must take the place of God in your heart. There are some people, their idol is self. Yeah, it's self. Self-worship. Where anything that they do is centered around themselves. Then self is the idol. So even the people that say, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, go and check. They believe in self. So they are self-worshippers. A lot of them. Okay? So, um, yeah, idolatry. It can also happen in the soul. It can happen in the soul. Do you know that if you take even covetousness, the Bible says covetousness is idolatry. In other words, you see something that belongs to someone, you want it so badly. Huh? That you want to dispossess that person of that thing. That thing has become an idol. Alright? You want to overcome in those areas? Yeah. Sorcery. This is witchcraft. Sorcery. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. There are levels of witchcraft and different types of witchcraft. A lot of times when you hear witchcraft, you only think of killing animals, killing this and that. Hey! You think of a broom. Okay. Yeah, that's Wizard of Oz. That, those ones are from, from Hollywood. But the African one, it, they don't think broom. Huh? The ones in where? Limpopo. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to know that witchcraft 
in its mildest form starts with control. Yeah, control. When you want to control the wheels of people, that's witchcraft. That's where it begins. So, those of you that are control freaks, just look straight. Yeah. Because even God does not control people's wills. He didn't give you that right. You have authority. He has given you authority, but he has not given you authority over people's wills. When you start dabbling into that, you are bordering on witchcraft. So, it starts from the soul as well. So, that temptation to control everything, you need to put it under check. Okay? Because if you don't, what is going to happen? All the works of the flesh, there is a supernatural dimension to them. They start now as the works of the flesh, but they don't remain like that. And I'll show it to you. All right? So, witchcraft, enmity. Huh? That's hatred. When you hate someone, Jesus says you have a murderer. Where does hatred, where, where is it? Where does it happen? In the heart, in the soul. It's amazing. I never thought of this until this morning. Hmm? Strife. Same place. Huh? In the soul. Yes? All from the emotions. It's amazing. Huh? Jealousy. Where does it happen? In the soul. Still there. Hmm? Ill temper. Anger. Huh? <laughs> it's amazing. I am just so amazed. Uh, you know, I cannot stand anything. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I like to be myself. And this is who I am. And, uh, <laughs> Mellow down. Mellow down. Okay? You don't want the devil to ride on that. Okay, some people have given him a free ride. You don't want that. Okay? Listen, anger... Is an emotion. Listen, your emotions were given to you by God. Emotions are a gift from God. But Satan wants to take it and use it to destroy you. So don't allow him. That's what this is about. It's not to make you feel. Somebody came to me one day and said, Oh, Pastor, I want you to cast out anger from me. I said, What? <laughs> why, why, why would you? Why? Why are you asking for that? He says, no, I have a problem with anger. I said, but you need anger. You need it. Yeah, you need anger. So anger is not a sin. Hello? Anger is not a sin. It, it, it needs to be managed. 
It needs to be properly directed. What Satan does is that he misdirects your anger. And that's where there is a problem. And that's why the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Yeah. It's okay to be angry. After all, God gets angry. In fact, the most angry person in the Bible is God. Yeah. Read your Bible. And the anger of the Lord. When he's angry, smoke comes out of his nostrils. Yeah. But he's perfect. There's no flesh in his display of anger. So his, his operation, he handles his anger righteously. But you don't. And that's where the problem is. So this is not to make you feel guilty because you are angry. But this is to make you manage your anger and direct it appropriately. Look at the life of Jesus. You will see what I'm talking about. Okay. Selfishness. Hmm? You know, I've told you about the trinity of man. What is the trinity of man? Me, myself, and I. That's right. Selfishness. It's all in the flesh. Divisions. Huh? You know, there are some people when they come together in a group, the moment they start talking, they divide. <laughs> hey, come to church after some time. You know, they're hanging around. Before you know it, they start saying things that divide people. Yeah. When you see that kind of a person, know that Satan has a free ride. He's riding. Okay. Party spirit. Eh? Factions. <laughs> sects. <laughs> hey! <laughs> huh? There's, okay, I'm not talking against celebrations. That's not what we're talking about. All right? Yes. So don't start, don't start looking at somebody and say, Oh, you. You are the party animal in this group. <laughs> No, that's not what he's talking about. Huh? Sex with peculiar opinions, heresies, people that cook up things that divide. It's amazing. People that use the scriptures to divide. Next. Envy. Where is it? In the soul. Huh? Drunkenness. Ah. Coming close now. <laughs> huh? Left to the flesh, let me tell you the flesh doctrines. The flesh's philosophy. The philosophy of your flesh is this eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we shall die. You only live once. <laughs> Come on. How many people have heard that? Yeah, you only live once, right? Just, just blow it. <laughs> You'll be surprised that you live more than once. 
Because by the time you die, you now discover that you are now awake to live somewhere forever. <laughs> so if you live once, you better mind how you live so that when you die, you end up at the right place. Because you don't want to end in the wrong place. I pray that God will give some of you visions of hell so that you will come and tell the story. I'm not saying you should go to hell, but visit hell and come back. Some people should visit heaven and come back. We've had one. Now we're, we, we need some of hell. Father, open this place. In the name of Jesus, let some people peep into hell. So that they know that your word is real. Yes. We need it. These things are necessary. Yeah, they're necessary. So you come back, you tell your friends, hey, this thing about hell is not a joke. It's real. It's real. Hmm? Yeah, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. He says, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom, kingdom of God. I don't care how anointed you are. Don't allow anybody to convince you that you will inherit the kingdom of God when you practice any of these things. When you make it a lifestyle, there is a problem with you. In fact, if it is your lifestyle, I question your salvation. I question your salvation. I'm telling you. I don't care. I don't, I don't care who it is that's saying it. This is the Bible. Okay? Even what I'm saying is not the Word of God. It's what is written that is the Word of God. So, it's up to you. What are we saying? Lethal emotions. These things listed there, a lot of them are lethal emotions. What does it mean? Lethal. Huh? I think I checked it in the dictionary. Let me see. Thank God for smartphones. Yes? Lethal. You know what it means? As an adjective, it means relating to or causing death. So it is relating to or causing death. Right? Death. Yes. Deadly. Hey, so if something is deadly and you are joking, you are harboring it inside you. Don't. Ha, ha. There's poison, right? And then somebody takes it in to his system. Tell us, tell us. What happens? Oh, what's going to happen? Huh? Poison, poison. Somebody takes poison. But this is a type of poison. Um, this, some of them are, they, they target different organs in your system. Okay. Some of them will go shut down your kidneys. Some of them will go shut down your liver. Hmm. Some of them will shut down your nervous system. Hmm. So poison, they're different types. Hmm. And they affect different areas. Hmm. Um, 
and also depends on the amount of the poison which you have taken. Mm. Uh, the quantities will determine the speed or at which it affects or the, the, the system wow. or the whole organism, the, the whole person. Wow. So um, the amount of the toxins yes. will influence what's going to happen. My goodness. Did you hear that? So when you, when you allow lethal emotions, I wonder what they are shutting down in your life. Come on. Is it okay to talk about these things in church? Yeah. So there are some emotions that are shutting down so many things. I, I can give you different scriptures that confirm this. But let's, let's, let's still look at look, the, the definition. Why, where is it? What happened? All right. Think about, let me give you an example, okay, of, of how an emotion can shut down. For example, there are emotions that can shut heaven. First Peter. First Peter chapter, chapter 3. How many people want to pray? And their prayers are not answered. Anybody? You all want to pray for exercise sake? Just, just, just enjoying the exercise. Okay. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Uh, okay. It says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them. He's talking about husband and wife relationships. Okay? Dwell with them with understanding. This is not the marriage event, but this is an intro, a promo. All right? Dwell with them with understanding. Giving honor to the wife. Hello? Honor. Where husbands? How many husbands are here? Come on, raise your hands, husbands. Come on, hobbies. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, Lord, we need more husbands in this house. What is happening? Hey, we need more husbands. Huh. My hands are not enough. Yeah. By this time next year, I want to see more husbands in this house. Okay? You are released now to marry. Single men, you are released. <laughs> yeah. So, he says, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. That what? That your prayers may not be hindered. Hey! 
So how you relate can determine whether heaven opens or closes. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, you better know why you are praying for so long and you are seeing nothing. You better give heed to this. Oh, I feel, this is how I feel about you. I can't stand you. If you don't discipline that emotion, heaven is closed. Heaven is what? Closed. You can struggle from now. Go from here to Timbuktu and come back. Nothing is going to move. At best, you have some spiritual theatrics. Yeah, I'm telling you. If you are not ready to love your wife unconditionally, don't marry. What's wrong with you? You go and carry somebody's daughter and then you make her life a living hell. What's wrong with you? Better repent. Huh? If you're not ready to handle your emotion properly, stay alone. Don't complicate another person's life. And let me say this, it's not anybody's responsibility to make you happy. Overcoming lethal emotions. <laughs> the point is this. If you don't manage your emotions, they will wreck your life. They will wreck your life. Many people live by feeling. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You feel this way, it does not mean. Your emotions are not a safe guide. Do you understand? Your emotions are not a safe guide. You know that years ago, there's a brother who used to be part of this church. He woke up one day and decided based on a dream he had to get rid of his wife. He had a dream. And in that dream, he says that his friend was sleeping with his wife. And he calls his wife. He confronts her. She says, there's no such thing. He invites his friend to his house, make sure everybody is away, he beats the friend, gives him a beating. Yeah? I'm telling you. True life story. Hmm? From a dream. I know God speaks in dreams. But Satan also speaks in dreams. Okay? So he 
beats the friend. I mean, he abuses the friend. The friend was bleeding. The friend phones me. Tells me. This guy, this is what this guy has done to me. I said, what? On that my watch? <laughs> I said, okay, have you reported to the police? He says, no. I said, go to the police right now. Huh? I called the guy. What is this you have done? He says, no, pastor. He needs to be disciplined. <laughs> she don't mess with my wife. From a dream. From a dream. I called the wife. Is there anything like this? Pastor, I fear God. How can I do such a thing? There's no such thing. And as she's talking, and as she's talking, I could sense in the spirit that she's telling the truth. I call this man. This thing you have done is wrong. Okay, let's assume it happened. Even if it happened, is that how to go about it? This guy reports to the police. The police go and arrest this guy. They lock him up. I say, that's good. Let him deal with the law. Huh? Some of you that in abusive relationships, you allow yourself to be abused. If you die, don't blame anybody. I'm not the kind of pastor that will tell you to go and stay there and be killed. Anybody beat you like that? Let me not say what's on my mind. Yeah. I don't believe in that. I don't. If you don't, if, if, if you, if you don't respect yourself, you are created in God's image, and you allow somebody to, to abuse that body of yours, you have yourself to blame. This man started avoiding me. I talk, try to talk to him. He avoids me. He's going. No, no, no. I saw this. It was clear. I saw this. I saw this. I said, do you know how to judge dreams? Do you have the principles? Do you have the technology? The spiritual technology to use to decipher where, where this dream is coming from and to accurately interpret this dream? You don't. I can help you. One thing I can say is that if the flesh, if you don't deal with the flesh, Satan can ride on your flesh and use it to mislead you. I'm telling you. I can prove it. He will use it. So, obviously, the guy stopped coming to church. I don't see him. One day, I bumped into him in front of boulders. I, I almost did not recognize him. He looked so old. I don't know if I was seeing him in the spirit or in the natural, but he looked old. 
said to him, what happened to you? I said, why are you avoiding me? I want to help you. Please, don't run away from me. I'm not against you. Oh, yes, Pastor. Actually, uh, last week, I actually uh, thought I need to see you. I said, please, let's see. My number has not changed. Give me a call. I'll call you. I'll call you. You know what? After some time, the next news I got was that he was dead. He's dead. He died. So what happened? Satan played on his flesh. Do you understand? Because those works of the flesh, each and every one of those can be anointed by Satan. Each one of them. Huh? For example, if you have, if you have a jealousy and you don't control it, if you don't control it, that jealousy can be used to project images to you about the person you are jealous of. That's satanic oppression. So that, that spirit will use the jealousy as a launch pad into your spirit, into your dream life. And it will project pictures and images that will be used to derail you. Well, I'm telling you, serious things here. Because this is an area where many people missed God without knowing. So they don't know how to judge what they see. The Bible says, test all spirits. Test all spirits. It's not everything you hear that is accurate. It's not everything you see that is accurate. If you don't know how to, you better be careful. Because we're living in a day and age where the realm of the spirit is getting more real. It's opening up more and more. And as we keep praying, as we keep pressing in, even in this church, the heavens are opening. The heavens are opening over this church. But you need to also understand that there are risks that go with it. So don't be naive. The devil has been around for long. He's able to masquerade himself as an angel of light. Hmm? That's why when you're not under authority, when you're not under authority, you cannot exercise authority in the spirit. There are principles that go govern this thing. That's why you see Jesus, the devil could not get him. Why? He was totally submitted. To the will of the Father. He never did his own thing. It was never about him. It was about the Father. He says, I do nothing except that which I see my Father do. My doctrine is not my own. Huh? So some of us, we've become smart. We've become independent. And now, you know, you hear God, I hear God. You see, I see. So... Come on, pastor. What are you talking about? 
There's no monopoly of God's voice. That's correct. No monopoly of God's voice. Everybody should hear God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. But not everyone. Let me, I don't know. Why am I going this direction? Okay. I just yield to it. He says, my sheep hear my voice. In John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. The voice of a stranger, they will not follow. Correct? How many sheep are in the house? Now, let me shock you. Oh, not a shock. It's not shock. Yeah. Yeah. By the time we start investigating, we might find that some of you are not yet sheep. Some of you might still be lambs. Because he didn't say, my lambs hear my voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice. So a lamb might not hear. A lamb might not be able to discern. Hello? But a sheep will. Sheep follow the shepherd. So, what am I saying? Even when you hear, it needs to be judged. Even when you see, you need to be able to judge. Even whatever it is, the things of the Spirit must be scrutinized and judged by the Scriptures. Hmm? I was teaching the Bible school students how to, how to judge prophetic words, how to judge prophecy, how to judge when people speak and they say, thus says the Lord, you need to be able to tell because some people are not worth your attention. If you want to know it, go to Bible school. Because I can hear someone say, okay, tell us, Pastor. No, 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 I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Should I tell them? Okay, ah, sorry. Sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the point is this. What I'm, I want you to see that the emotions are the place where Satan has successfully manipulated people. Okay? Why? Because feelings change, right? Yeah. You know that awkward feeling you have about this person? You better know how to deal with it. Learn to handle it. You know that awkward feeling you have? Huh? When my wife is preaching, some of you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, won't, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. Deal with that feeling. Deal with that feeling. We, we, we know more than we say, in case you don't know. Deal with it. Or else it will wreck you. It's like a graveyard now. <laughs> okay, let me move from there. Before somebody stones me. 
Yeah. But you get the message. Yeah. Keep it. It will save you. It will help you. Amen? Amen. If you have a problem with women preaching, it's not a biblical problem. It's an emotional problem that has been fed by wrong teaching. Deal with it. Hallelujah. If you have a problem with her style, and not only her, other people that come and preach here, if you have a problem with that, deal with it. Is it God speaking or not? If it's the word of God, who should be respected? Is it the messenger or the message? Will you throw away the message because you don't prefer the messenger? Then you must be a fool. Huh? A very interesting fool. Anyway, these are lethal emotions that need to be overcome. You must overcome them. Overcome them. I'm committed to telling you the truth. And listen to me, I don't want to be liked. I'm not looking for love. I have more than enough. I just want to be faithful. Because one day I'm going to give an account for what I'm sharing right now. What I'm telling you. I'm going to account to God for it. So I'm committed to the salvation of your soul. Now look at, let's look at James. I think I need to round up. James chapter 1. James, where are you? Chapter 1. Verse 19, James chapter 1, verse 19, he says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. Pastor, I'm quick-tempered. Deal with that. Be slow to wrath. Be slow-tempered. Hello? I used to be quick-tempered, in case you don't know. Before, when I get angry, oh my goodness. As a teenager, my goodness. It, it, it was, yeah, you never saw it. I had been redeemed. <laughs> yeah, I'd been redeemed. Even as a child, even as a child, I had that. It was hectic. You don't cross my path. No, I'm serious. Yeah, I didn't used to laugh. Nothing was funny to me. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like a miracle, right? It is a miracle. My mom looked at me one day and she said to me, Eric, you're a miracle. <laughs> and I knew exactly what she meant. <laughs> you're a miracle. Yeah. There was something inside. I went through so much abuse that it made me bitter. It made me an angry boy. 
God save me. Be swift to hear. All right? This is the word you are hearing, right? Take it in swiftly, quickly. Right? Slow to speak. Don't be quick to, bah, before we know it. I like to speak my mind. Give you the peace of my mind. I don't want a peace of your mind. I want a peace of God's mind. Hmm? Yeah. Okay, next verse. Verse 20. Come on, time is going. He says, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Hello? Anger does not produce righteousness. The anger of man does not produce righteousness. I don't care what you think or how you try to explain it. It does not produce the righteousness of God. It doesn't. Next verse. Let's read verse 21 together. One, two, three. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Hello. Lay aside. Lay aside all what? Filthiness. And overflow of wickedness. Hey, can, can you see wickedness? Do you know where it comes from? It's from the heart. And then when it flows out, oof, things, you, it, it begins to manifest in the lives of people around you. He said, you need to lay it aside. There is an overflow of wickedness in the land. There is an overflow of wickedness from the heart of man. The heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. That's what the Bible says. Jesus says from the heart, the things that come from the heart defile a man. That's where they come from. So don't tell me. I can't stand this person. Why can't you stand this person? Is it a spiritual perception? Or is it a soulish manifestation? Because sometimes the people you say you cannot stand, if we begin to investigate it and we judge it, it might be an overflow of wickedness. Might be an overflow of wickedness. Listen, if we don't use the word of God to check our lives, we might find ourselves in trouble. Hmm? The fact that you don't like somebody's style does not mean that you are right. Am I correct? Do Do you think your style is right? I don't like your style too. <laughs> oh, okay, you don't like my, I don't like yours. God likes all of us. God is creative. The most creative person is God. God is a God of variety. Yeah, he's a God of variety. I love creativity. So, we, God did not create us to be uniform. Uniformity is not godly. It's not godly. Where do you find that? Is there anywhere in the Bible where you see uniformity being promoted? No. Unity is not the same as uniformity. What the Bible talks about is unity in diversity. 
That's what the Bible talks about. Not uniformity. So don't want, don't stand here. You think you want everybody to be like you. That will be so boring. I don't want to live in that kind of world. So, receive with meekness. You know what? Meekness. Receive with meekness. Like now as I'm speaking, if you don't receive what I'm saying, if you don't receive the word with meekness, there's a way to receive it. Huh? If it clashes with what you believe, and it is the word of God, you better put what you believe aside. And receive the word of God with meekness. Some people are not able to receive the word with meekness. They are too proud to receive the word. They are too proud to receive the word. They are set in their ways. Mount Kilimanjaro. Immovable. God bless you. God bless you. Immovable mountain. Your soul is in danger. You don't know. You pride yourself in the fact that you don't change. What's wrong with you? That's a lethal emotion that will destroy your soul. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. I want you to notice that he's speaking to believers. He's not speaking to the world. No, 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 no. Go to James chapter 1, verse 1. James chapter 1, verse 1. We see here. I want you to see the context. James, a born servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. He's writing to born-again Jews. In fact, do you know that this James was a brother? He was a junior brother of Jesus. But he doesn't even introduce himself as the brother of Jesus. Born servant of Christ. He could have prided himself in his natural affinity to Jesus. To say, I James, I grew up with Jesus. I'm seconding. Oh my Lord. That's how some of us would behave, Right? Of course. Yeah. He's my brother. In fact, I come after him. Same mother, same father. Uh, it's, not, it's not a joke. This is a rare privilege. Huh? In fact, he changed my diapers. <laughs> Yeah, it's me, that's the one talking. No, 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 he calls himself a born servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, a born servant. A born servant is a love slave. Yeah. In those days, when a, ser- when a slave is set free on the day of Jubilee, if the slave is set free, if he loves his master, he goes out of his own volition to tell the master, Master, I love you so much, I don't want to go. Then you know what they will do? They will put a hole in his ear and put an earring on his ear. Yeah, that, 
Some of you that are wearing, some of you men that are wearing earrings. <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. So then they will put the, 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 the earring. So wherever he goes, when people see him, they'll say, this is a love slave. This is a bond servant. He's serving not by force. He's serving out of his free will. So that's what he's talking about. A bond servant. Amen? To the tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Verse 2. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fell to various stars. Okay, fine. Back, back, back to verse 21. Back to verse 21. Let's read in the Amplified. We're going to close now. Time is gone. It says, so get rid of all uncleanness and rampant outgrowth of wickedness. Somebody say rampant outgrowth of wickedness. This is coming out of believers. Uh, you know, it's liberating to know that the church is not for perfect people. Isn't it? So don't come to church and say, and you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> it's not. Okay, rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word, which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your soul. So, you are born again, the new creation in Christ. Huh? Your spirit is saved. Your soul is being saved. Your body will be saved. Say, I'm saved. I'm saved. My soul is being saved. My soul is being saved. My body shall be saved. So those are three dimensions of salvation. Spirit, soul, and body. Salvation of the spirit is instant. The moment you receive Jesus, your spirit is recreated. But the salvation of your soul is progressive. Are you getting me? It's progressive. And that's where you need to concentrate. Or else your soul will Get out of line and take you to where you don't want to get to. So you must bring it under control. All right? Your soul is a poor leader. Your spirit is a good leader. So let the spirit lead. Your body is even a worse. Hmm? I feel like it. Huh? Somebody say, ah, if it, 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 how can it be so wrong when it feels so right? Huh? <laughs> ah. Yeah. He said, I feel so good about it. It must be right. Hello. You better check that feeling. The word is what determines 
whether something is right or wrong. Amen. Not your feeling. Amen. Is that okay? Yes. I'm telling you, if you can master this thing, I'm telling you about how. When Satan sees you, he'll be running. Because he knows how many people he has brought down from this thing. But we are raising overcomers here. Amen. A mighty army that will invade this land. Yes. Invade this land. So you need to master these things. When you master them, I'm telling you, Satan will bow wherever you go to. When you speak like that, hmm? and you're going to begin to see things manifest quickly. Your, your authority in the spirit is going to increase. It will increase and increase and increase. If you will pay attention to these things. These are things I'm working on in my own life as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? Working. So when I feel somehow about somebody, I go to the place of prayer. Yeah. And I say, Lord, I place this before you. Pray about it. Don't accommodate it. Don't harbor it. The longer you keep it, yeah. <laughs> the more you attract demons. Demons go around. God has given Satan the right to feed on flesh. Remember Genesis 3. I don't want to go there. But when he cursed the serpent, he says, Dust shall you eat all the days of your life. Where is the flesh? What is the, where's your flesh from? Dust. The flesh is from dust. So God has told sa sa Satan, the, the serpent, he says, You are going to eat dust all the days of your life. So when you dwell in the flesh, the works of the flesh, you allow the works of the flesh to control you all the time. You accommodate it. You, you know, allow it. You marinate your life with it. What is going to happen is that when Satan is passing, he sees flesh. He says, God, you gave me the authority to feed on flesh. I can see some jealousy here. So what is he going to do? He will land on that jealousy. When he lands on that jealousy, then that jealousy takes on a supernatural dimension. That's what happens. Yeah. When he lands on that hatred, huh? that, that lethal emotion, when he lands on it, on it, because God has given him the right to feed on flesh, he sees hatred. That's a manifestation of flesh. He lands on that. And once he lands on that, you find yourself doing what? You never imagined you could do. That's what happens. Hallelujah. And I can go on and on and on about that. But you got the message. Let's stand up on our feet. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.